You're listening to Anita Mark. Nick Friedel. Being at the Garden last night in that environment, pretty awesome. Early on, it was the nerves. You go up 3-1 on a young team that just looked completely knocked out by the moment last night. If they can find a way, the Knicks, to win game four and go back to Cleveland, they would have a stranglehold on this series and all momentum that they would need. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. About 30 minutes, we'll switch gears. We'll talk some NFL draft, getting you ready for the week that is upon us. I love the NFL draft. It's probably my favorite, especially round one and now round two. Uh, I think Jets fans are going to be more interested. The pick is in. Um... I think Jets fans are going to be more interested in round two than they are round one. Uh, really excited to get Mike on. He's uh, one of the best in the business. I'm not just saying that because he's a dear friend. You've got about anywhere between 15 to 18 NFL teams that uh, utilize his services, even though they have their own scouting department. Uh, he still uh, works with a number of teams. Um, so there's that. Uh, in the break, I, I mentioned to our producers, uh, Harvey and Joe, that I'm playing pickleball later on today. And they laughed at me. Why are you laughing? Why? What's so funny about me playing pickleball? Well, first of all, who laughed at you? Uh, go ahead. Single one of us out or both of us out. Who laughed at you? I think Joe did. I didn't laugh. I Because there's a difference. You chuckled? Is it a chuckle? I chuckled. What's the difference? What's the difference? Chuckle, laugh. Well, because the chuckle leads to a laugh. But I, I didn't expect you to, you know, pull pickleball. Uh, uh, on the agenda for for tomorrow, I was not expecting. Pickleball. No, today I'm playing later on. To, oh, I'm playing later on, on today. Still, I'm not expecting pickleball. I know Why? it's a growing sport. Just because it, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like there's like it's something that people just say. Like I don't know anybody that plays pickleball, and I know it's growing, but it's you just, don't know anybody. Everybody's playing pickleball. I, that's what. Everybody's playing pickleball. You don't know one person who plays. Everybody in the world's playing. Like, I feel like I'm late to the game. I, I, I feel like I'm 2,000 and late right now. I know that there's a pickleball bet on the morning show between Rothenberg and, and, and Rick. Who invented pickleball? I think it's William Pickle. It was not William Pickle. I just, I don't know. Does yeah. Does Dave play pickleball? I think Rick does, and, and Dave, I think the bet's that Dave would... Uh, would wreck Rick in a pickleball game, which I would pay good <laughs> money for. No, no. Um, <laughs> now that's that's a ch- I just chuckled. Um, uh, now, full disclosure, haven't played. Not I. I mean, listen, I, I don't. Who, who has time? I, I. I just I don't have time. But now, NFL season's over. Uh, the summer is upon us. I'm. I'm like, you know what? And, and a part of me is like, I'm somebody like I start playing something. I'm like all in, I'm like, I'm all in like Flynn. I am just like 180%. So I know me. And if I really love this sport, I know me, like I'm going to want to play in tournaments. I'm going to want to travel. So a part of me is like been hesitant to pick up this sport, but, um, but yeah, I'm playing pickleball later on this afternoon. So you guys can chuckle at me all you want. That's fine. I don't care. My feelings aren't hurt. Um, there you go. 
Uh, before we switch gears and we start talking about the Grizzlies-Lakers game, let's go to J-Mac in Newark. He wants to talk about Stephen A's comments about R.J. Barrett. J-Mac, please fill us in. What Which comments let's are you talking about? New- let's go, New York. Let's go. What's up, Anita? How are you? I'm great. All right. First time talking to you. Love your show. I love your take on sports. Beautiful name. My wife's name is Anita. But anyway, what? Stephen A made this comment about, um, comment about Barrett. Barrett was playing soft. I back it. He went in. And I think Barrett, I know they say these players don't listen to radio, but I think Barrett heard that and took it personal and finally stepped his game up. Yeah, so so apparently uh, one of our producers was telling me that, that Stephen A. Smith said that R.J. Barrett should be benched. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, he said he should, he should be benched. And not only that, he said he's not built for this series. Hmm. Well, he, he certainly looked built last night. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, so there's that. The first two games, he was he was horrible. And I also think my last comment, they need to keep heart into the um, lineup. Let's go Knicks. You got it, J-Mac. Appreciate you. All right, let's switch gears here for, for just a second. Um, and, and, and I want to talk about the game tonight. Not sure about you. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a late one. You're going to be up late. Just know that. 10 o'clock, first tip-off, and that's the Grizzlies at the Crypto.com Arena. This is pretty interesting, guys. And, and again, Harvey and Joe producing the show today. Do you guys know that tonight, for the first time since 2013, the arena downtown L.A. will be at full capacity? Since 2013. I mean, that's how long it's been since, like, the Lakers have been relevant. How about that? They weren't at full capacity for Kobe's final game? I I just, I I guess, listen, uh, don't shoot the messenger. This was a a statistic that I, uh, that, and, and, and also LeBron James mentioned it this week. He said he's, he's excited to go back to the arena, and for the first time in a long time, it will be at full capacity. So I don't – so there's that. And, and the statistic I read was that uh, there's going to be more people at the Crypto.com arena tonight than there has been since back in 2013. That's what I read. It's just surprising. So, That's all. So what – I don't know. Maybe maybe they were under construction. Maybe maybe they have more seats. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But let's let's rewind, right? Memphis without Ja Morant, Morant beats the Lakers. Dylan Brooks speaks to the media post game and has this to say about LeBron James. I don't care. He's old. I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. He should have been saying that earlier on. I poke bears. I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Um, I pride myself on, you know, what I do is defense and take it on any challenge that's on the board. I poke bears. I poke bears. I don't respect anyone unless they could put up 40. So uh, Dylan Brooks had that to say. Obviously, it all blew up. Yesterday, LeBron James was asked about it, and this was his response. I'm here for the bullshit. I'm ready to play, and that's it. I appreciate it. I ain't here for no BS. I'm here to play. I appreciate it. And then, like, in like immediately, like, walked away from the media. 
He ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. So where does this stand right now in regard to this game? Uh, first thing first, uh, the Lakers are favored by four and a half. Okay. Uh, I, I, we don't know if John Morant's going to play or not. I, I'm, I'm, I just, I don't have a true conviction. I don't have a really good feel for, for this matchup or this game. So I'm not playing the game. Now, I was talking about this with, with Joe and, and Harvey prior to, of course, the show starting. And is it Joe? Is it you or Harvey? Who, who's expecting LeBron to put up 40 tonight? Me. Joe, is it you? Me. I, I You're expecting him to put up 40. Not just 40, an emphatic 40, maybe 45, and, you know, maybe 10, 13 assists, 10 rebounds, and just completely, like an all-time LeBron game. Because you, that's what happens with great players you don't call them out and they just don't respond he he is going to go nuclear on dylan brooks tonight here's here's why i disagree with you okay 38 years old he's got a torn foot tendon for torn foot tendon sorry tendon uh he's been playing if you've if you've watched the first few games he's been playing more like a facilitator kind of standing idle, being somewhat of a, like a bird. He's, he's playing like a lot of weight, catch and shoot three pointers. He only has five total drives in game one and only one shot he took in the fourth quarter in game one. He's four of 16 from downtown. Now game two in the third quarter, he went on an eight, no run. He cut their lead from 20 to nine. And of course now he's had two days to rest and prep for game three. The last time LeBron James scored 40 points was on January 28th against Boston, and he needed overtime to do it. In January, there were four games that LeBron James put up 40, if not more points in January, four games. But since then, in the foot injury, again, a torn foot tendon, he just has not been vintage LeBron James. So with that being said, game one, 28 points, three assists, 12 rebounds. Game two, 21 points, five assists, 11 rebounds. His last game that he played against the Grizzlies, he put up 23 points, nine rebounds, and six assists. So he's averaging anywhere, like he's averaging about 25 points a game against the Grizzlies, okay? Now, the prop bets that are out there for LeBron James, his par, what does that mean? Points, assists, and rebounds all combined is sitting at 43 and a half for this game tonight. In, in all the games, the, the two playoff games in the last regular season game that he went up and played against the Grizzlies, he did not surpass that. So I'm going to go under par for LeBron James tonight at 43 and a half. Here's the thing, though, Joe. His point total is 28 and a half. Again, he put up 28 points in game one. I am going to play the over there. I do believe he scores more than 28 points. I just don't believe at his age in the foot injury that he's able to put up 40 points. So I don't believe that he's going to put up 40 points, but I do believe that he'll put up more than 28. So I'm going to go over 28 and a half points. Also, his rebound total is nine and a half. I'm going to go over that. He had 12 rebounds in game one. He had 11 rebounds in game two. So I'm going to go over his rebound total. 
His assist total is five and a half. He only had three assists in game one. He only had five assists in game two. So I'm going to go under with his assist total at five and a half. He would need six in order for that wager to win. His over-under for three points made, three-pointers made, is two and a half. I'm going under. For whatever reason, his uh, stroke behind the arc is not uh, active and attractive. He's four of 16 from behind the arc. So I'm going under two and a half three-pointers for LeBron James. Now, here are my two favorite plays for LeBron tonight. A double-double, you can play that at minus 110. I do believe he gets a double-double in points and rebounds tonight. And also, I will go over 37.5 points and rebounds combined. And again, you could get that at minus 110. So those are my two favorite plays for LeBron James tonight. Double-double at minus 110 and points and rebounds over 37.5. Okay? His point total, again, is 28 and a half. I'm going to play the over there. I just don't believe in regard to what we've seen, his age, where we are in the season, and his foot injury more than anything else that he's going to be able to put up 40 points. What say you? 800-919-3776. Manny and Flushing, I see you. You will be first up next here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, at the end of the day, we understand what a series is all about. You know, it's not the first of one win or two. It's the first of four. And you got to prepare each and every game. Every game is its own entity. So you got to prepare for that challenge. And um, you know, I feel like we was prepared tonight. Uh, we just didn't execute as well as we did in game one. Uh, for scores of 48 minutes. They made adjustments. We made some adjustments. And, you know, you, you tip your hat to them. LeBron James. LeBron James. Uh, big game tonight. How will LeBron James respond to Dylan Brooks? I can't, I, I can't wait, guys. Uh, like, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited for this game tonight to see, you know, what, what all it entails. Boy, uh, let's go to Manny in Flushing. Manny, welcome in. Hey, Anita, how you doing? Great. What What are you okay. expecting from LeBron tonight? I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a, a triple double. Uh, I think he's gonna average 30, 10, 11. and I also expect a big game out of Anthony Davis. I think he's gonna have like thirty, at least thirty and twelve boards and help the Lakers to win because. The Grizzlies, I don't, I just don't. They don't have it. I mean, they're not. They're a good team, but they're not a great team because they they don't have to be disciplined. So, so you think LeBron's going to have a triple double, but you you don't see them winning the game? I do see them winning. The Lakers winning the game. I do see the Lakers winning the game. I just don't think Memphis is all that is all that great. Oh, you're saying Memphis? You don't think you don't think you don't think Memphis? Is discipline enough? Yeah, because because they're not disciplined. I mean, I mean they they, they always do well the regular season, but they can't. But they always find ways to 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 mess up in the postseason. I mean, remember last year? I mean, they lost to a Warriors team. I mean, this team you know, they don't know how to be disciplined. I mean, outside of oh, unfortunately, okay, sorry, sorry, we we lost you. If you want to jump on board, please do. Um, Harvey Joe, 
thoughts before we take a break. We're going to switch gears, talk some NFL uh, draft when we get back. But your thoughts, what are your what are your expectations? I know Joe is expecting him to put up 40. Harvey, what, are, any expectation from uh, from LeBron tonight? He won't go for 40, but I think he'll be close to a triple-double. I think the Lakers take it tonight. Interesting. So, so, every, so everybody thinks the Lakers are going to win tonight. Joe thinks that he's gonna he's gonna go he's gonna surpass forty. Listen, I hope he does. I I think I I love the storyline. I love the beef. I love the drama. I love what this brings to the series. I just based on what we've seen and knowing what his injury is, again only five total drives in game one. Four of 16 from three. You know, if, if, if you've truly watched the last two games, he's just been more of a facilitator, kind of standing idle. Does he turn it on tonight? And here's another thing. You know, is he worried, like, you know, if, if he pushes himself too much and re-injures himself, then what happens? Right? Like, I'm sure he wants to put up 40. But if he pushes himself too much and re-injures himself, then what? I think that's got to be a concern as well. Anyway, food for thought. Four great games on the slate. Uh, The Nets and the 76ers just tipped off right now. Uh, Brooklyn is actually up right now, 22-18. to No Embiid. He's out today. We'll keep you up to speed on that game. When we get back, Mike Gideons from Pro Scout Inc. is going to join us. We'll do a deep dive into the NFL draft coming your way this week, Thursday and Friday, rounds one and two. Um, And then, of course, Saturday, uh, the remainder. So uh, getting you locked and loaded, Jets and Giants fans. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. the music love the music Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon and joining us very dear friend of mine Mike Gideon's Pro Scout Inc that's his company one of the best in the business uh number of NFL teams utilizes his services because he created the uh what's the color scheme it's it was is it red red purple blue how, how, Mike what is it how does it go again <laughs> blue red purple Blue, red, blue, purple. Red, there purple. you go. Blue, red, purple. Says blue, that's what you're looking for, and you're trying to avoid the uh, oranges, greens, and yellows. There you go. There you go. So first things first, Mike, each and every year we have you on, uh, and, and you're, so, you're so great. We're so blessed to have you on the program. Um, this year, heading into this year's NFL draft, uh, how, 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 do you, how do you feel about it? You know, where's the strength? Where are the weaknesses? What are you most excited about, Mike? Uh, probably the most exciting, uh, the, the depth at certain positions. Uh, offensive line on offense, uh, wide receivers, I think even running backs on offense. And on defense, it would be edge pass rushers. And I think this is a deep corner class. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm hearing that as well. Corners, uh, some love for a lot of wide receivers and, uh, and definitely uh, some, some deep uh, talent in regard to offensive line. So let's start right there. Obviously, you're on the airwaves here in New York, so Giants and Jets fans want to have a good idea in regard to uh, you know, who you fancy um, as their teams get ready to, uh, to, to, to choose 
who potentially they're going to pick. Uh, let's start with the Jets because they are up on the clock first and they're picking 13th. Uh, they've been holding on to this pick. Um, reports out there that the Green Bay Packers have wanted the 13th overall pick in exchange for Aaron Rodgers. Um, it sounds now that they have um, subsided that uh, that aggressive attempt and um, and are willing to take a second round. We'll get into that in just a second. But with the Jets sitting there at 13, uh, they're hoping that a really good offensive lineman, an offensive tackle, drops to them. Maybe there's a run at the quarterback position. You mentioned some cornerbacks, some wide receivers, definitely some defensive players as well, that a really good offensive lineman will fall to them at 13. Do you believe that? And if so, who, who would you hope? If you're the general manager of the Jets, Mike, who would you hope would be there at 13 for you if you're looking for an offensive lineman? If, if you know, in the perfect scenario, if, if the Ohio State kid Paris Johnson falls to me, I, I, I hand the card in within seconds, and and knock on wood, I have my left tackle for the next ten years. What and and there's some talk, there's some speculation in regard to a lot of mock drafts that he will not be there. Uh, a number of mock drafts have the Bears taking Paris Johnson at nine. Uh, but tell us all the reasons why you feel Paris Johnson is the number one offensive lineman in this draft. He, uh, I would say, probably because of his length and great feet and very technically sound. You know, when you get all done evaluating offensive linemen, really their number one job is how often does their guy get to the ball, run or pass. And both the Ohio State tackles, obviously the big kid over there on the right tackle just did a phenomenal job just keeping their guy away from from the football whether it was a run or a pass and and he's got feet he's got length he's got strength he's got good technique he'll he'll drop his chin every now and then and wait spin but that's something that that can be coached and and worked on um just the linemen that came out are coming out this year are just a lot more technically sound than I've seen in the past. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, Paris Johnson does go before 13. Uh, there's a number of mock okay. drafts out there that have um, the Northwestern uh, offensive lineman, Peter Skoronsky, Skoron- uh, going to the Jets at 13. Give us your evaluation on him, please. So there, there's another one, and, and they're talking about, you know, oh, maybe we should move him into guard because he's only 6'4". I'd leave him at left tackle because of the tackles I do, he obviously not as calm, doesn't have the 33-inch arms that you look for at tackle. But another guy who was extremely technically sound, and his guy was rarely at the ball and was I call the term glue, which means – he glued on to his guy, the defender, and and rode him whether it's runner or pass. So if they if he falls to him, or even the Georgia tackle falls to him, I think they'll have a good left tackle. So Jets sitting nice at thirteen. Let's shelf the Jets conversation for just a second. Uh, I want to talk about the Giants in the first round, but then I do want to go back to the Jets as well because of uh, all that we're anticipating to happen between the Jets and the Green Bay Packers with that second-round pick. But nonetheless, let's talk about the Giants. So the Giants are sitting at 25. 
Many people think that they're going to either take a wide receiver or a corner. Um, who is your favorite wide receiver in this draft? Who would you say? Who Who is your number one wide receiver in this draft, Mike? Uh, for them, if the Tennessee Tennessee kid Hyatt fell to him, I think he's the best deep threat um, in the draft. Um, and then I would also consider. Quentin Johnson out of TCU, and I would consider uh, Jonathan Mingo out of Old Miss, and I'd even consider uh, Sutter Tillman out of Tennessee if I go, say, wide receiver in the second round. Now, it, I disagree with you. You hear flowers. Um, I, uh, I don't like that one. He's 5'9", 182 pounds. And this is the NFC East. This is the Giants. And, and you know me, I like digging into history. If you go back to 1996, there's only been two receivers that they drafted under 190 pounds um, in 06. So scenario Moth out of Miami and Jimmy Jerrigan in uh, the third round in 2011. Both those guys were one, under 185 and didn't have success with the Giants. The Giants draft receivers that are 195 pounds or bigger. Going back to Amari Toomer, to Hakeem Nix, um, Sterling Shepard, Odell, Randall, all those guys were 195 pounds or bigger. So, so with that being said, so, so it sounds to me that you are higher on some wide receivers that the Giants could target in the second round. But if they do go for a wide receiver in the first round, um, you know, the OSU wide receiver more than likely is going to be off the board. There could be Jordan Addison. Obviously, you're not high on, on Flowers. There's Quinton Johnson. If Addison and Johnson are still on the board at 25, do you think, do you, would you, and, and you were in that war room with the Giants, would, would you check off, would you give a thumbs up on drafting either one of those wide receivers? Uh, I would check off on Johnson. Addison uh, falls under the uh, 170 pounds. He can run fast, but I don't think he has the size. Um, that, that, that the Giants like at the wide receiver position. Um, you, the, the, if you look at the NFC league, uh, East historically, you know the Giants, the Cowboys, uh, Washington, Philly, they have big wide receivers. The receivers that do well are big. And you know, C.D. Lamb, uh, A.J. Brown, uh, Terry McLaurin, all those guys are over 200 pounds. Um, you know, it's it's a league of matchups and fit, and and big receivers fit better in the NFC East. So I would see how the draft is going, figuring out that I want to get receiver corner in the first two rounds. Well, who makes the run? If there's a receiver run, um, then maybe I'm taking corner in the first round and coming back in the second round to get receiver. If there's a corner run um, in the first round in front of me, maybe I take the wide receiver and come back in the second round and get the corner. Again, uh, Mike Gideons is joining us now here on 98.70 SBN from Pro Scout Inc., uh, one of the best in the business. Just absolutely blessed that he's on with us, giving us some time this afternoon. So, so let, let's take a look at the cornerbacks, right? Witherspoon, Gonzalez. I love Gonzalez out of Oregon. Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. But one guy that has been 
uh, tied to the Giants that potentially they could take at 25, and, and I think a big reason why, possibly more than likely available, is, uh, is Banks, the corner from Maryland. Your thoughts on him? Um, Numbers-wise, jumps off the charts. Six foot, 200 pounds, uh, runs, runs a sub 4-4. Um, that, that's impressive. Uh, I agree with you with, 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 with Gon- Gonzalez and Witherspoon. I think they'll be gone by 23. Um, if Banks is sitting there, he would be an intriguing um, corner to look at. It's, it's, I think, you know, even the, the, the Michigan corner, uh, DJ Turner, um, they're, they're, it's a deep corner class. But if, if Banks out of Maryland is sitting there at 23, um, I think you have to take a hard, hard look at him. So it sounds to me in our conversations, uh, more value at Banks at 23 and then have the Giants uh, focus on some wide receiver help in the second round. That's what it, it sounds like our conversation is headed. Um, let's, let's, let's go back to the Jets, right? And uh, we're, we're all, trust me, everybody here who's a Jets fan, we've been on Aaron Rodgers' watch uh, waiting for this, this trade to potentially go down. Uh, what's been reported is that the, the Green Bay Packers have been wanting a first-round draft pick. Uh, the Jets not willing to relinquish that because they need offensive line help, and they're hoping that they'll get, they feel confident that they'll get a solid starting offensive lineman at 13. Um, and it sounds like now the Green Bay Packers are have now settled with a potential second round pick, whether it's it's in the forty range, right? Uh, with that being said, you know the the I, I think getting Aaron Rodgers realistically for one year, Mike, right? Like there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers is going to play the, more than one year. He has come out and said, "I either want to start for the Jets this year or I'm going to retire. I don't want to go back to the Green Bay Packers." So, so now the Jets more than likely are going to give up a second-round pick for a one-year service of Aaron Rodgers. First and foremost, value in that for you? Would you do that if you were the general manager? It's uh, for Aaron Rodgers, yes, yes, because it, it's the most position, the most important position on the field. Uh, you're looking at a future Hall of Famer. Um, you, you look at, at, at history at, you know, what, what Brady did for Tampa Bay, say what, what Peyton Manning did for, for, for the Broncos. It just, the, 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 it just, it's another link to the chain that the Jets have to change the culture. We're doing everything that we can to show that we want to win and, 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 it's something they have to do and and get the get the train on the track rolling in the right direction. And you know, hey, they've been drafting well, they've had some young talent. Here comes a future Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers. Does that kick the level up of the other fifty two players? Change the locker room, change the attitude, um, change the outlook of the Jets. Um, yes. You, you, if, if, if the success rate of a second round pick is, say, 40 to 50 percent, you know you're going to get a good player in Aaron Rodgers, even if it's just for one year. But what does it do to the other 52 players and the organization moving forward? Um, I would make the trade. 
Mike, before we let you go, two last questions for you. Number one, who do you feel is the ultimate best player in this draft? The number one player. A lot of people, as we know, in their war rooms, they've got two boards. One, they're drafting for need. The other, they're listing their players in best of one through whatever. Who's who's the number one player on your board? Uh, probably uh, Tyree Wilson. Tell us all the reasons why. Just, uh, you know, there, there's usually a handful of of, of, of of players that come in each draft that no matter what team they go to, they're going to be good. You know, it's kind of a, a three-element process. You know, you have your analytics, so the numbers match up. Then you have your evaluation, and then you have the third element is, is fit. Does his skill set fit with what we're going to ask him to do? And it's usually a, that that third element is sometimes overlooked. Well, there are usually about a handful of guys, um, you know, one or two receivers or running backs, one or two offensive linemen, that it doesn't matter what team they go to, they're going to be really, really good football players. Tyree Wilson has a, has a pass rusher size, speed, um, uh, pass rush moves, diagnose. Uh, big playability. It doesn't matter if he goes to a 40 over under 30 defense. He's going to be an extremely good edge pass rusher. And last but not least, obviously the quarterback position, big topic of conversation. Um, Everybody's expecting a quarterback to go number one overall to the Carolina Panthers who traded up. In your opinion, who do you think the number one quarterback will be? Who will be taken first, Mike? Um, I don't think it's going to be, uh, Bryce Young. I think it's going to be CJ Stroud. Wow. You know, Bryce Young is favored like minus like 1200 or something like that to go number one overall CJ Stroud. You could get right now at eight to one, eight to one right now that CJ Stroud will go number one overall to the Carolina Panthers. As I like to say, hashtag run, don't walk Uh, Mike, you rock. Uh, just, I absolutely adore you. You're, 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 you're definitely one of my, my favorite people on the planet. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thanks, Anita. You got it. Mike Gideon's joining us uh, pro scout Inc. I'm telling you, he's been in the business for a long time. There's like 15 to 18 NFL teams any given year that utilize his services, even though they have their own scouting department, uh, develop that blue. What did he say again, guys? Blue, purple, red, right? Blue, red, purple. I need to remember that. Um, there you go. It's his system and it works. So, uh, and so there you have it. Jets fans. Uh, hopefully Paris Johnson will, will still be available at 13. If not, um, Skaronsky, he, he, you know, he just feels it's a lot of, a lot of talent here at the offensive lineman position. As for uh, giants fans, it sounds like he is leaning more towards the giants taking a DB in Banks from Maryland at 23. And he's feeling like there's more wide receiver talent in the second round with Hyatt, Mingo, or Tillman. Just FYI, food for thought, getting you ready. NFL draft this coming week. Ira, I see you. Hang tight. We'll get your call next. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, the Brooklyn Nets... Are uh, are up against the 76ers, 41 to 36. I told you my play was Maxi over 26 and a half points. Uh, 
Uh, they still have three minutes left in the second. Maxie's got six points, four rebounds, and one assist. So um, obviously he's got to turn it up a notch. There's no Embiid. Harden has nine points uh, in the game. As for the Brooklyn Nets, um, you've got Claxton and Dinwiddie both sitting with 11 points. Uh, Cam Johnson has eight rebounds. So in uh, that score now, 42-36, uh, the Nets up on the 76ers. Let's go to Ira. Ira, welcome in. Hey, good afternoon, Anita. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Good. Looking forward to the draft. And, you know, it's very interesting. I, I just heard, you know, you had the guest on. And, yeah, that would be great to get Johnson 13. But, you know, I, I look at the big picture with the Jets right now. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to repeat the whole Rogers story. Um, I, I think if they have to give up one of those twos, which I'm really not in favor of doing, I'd rather wait to after June and get him for a couple of picks next year. Um, I think if they have to give up one of those two, I think Douglas, if there's nobody they were in love with at 13, they trade down. They try to recoup maybe a third or a fourth to make up for the two they give it away. But if they're sitting and the Packers don't want to pull the trigger and the Jets don't want to pull the trigger and the Jets pick 13, 42, and 43, I have no problem because they could get a defensive tackle, they could get an offensive lineman, they could get a center and it would fill a lot of much needs that they have. It's really going to all depend on what's on the board day two, because I don't think anything's going to get day one for Rodgers. Yeah, I'm with you, Ira. I agree with you. I don't. I don't think. I don't think anything is going to happen this week uh, pertaining to the situation. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are hoping that uh, something happens uh, the day of the draft on Thursday. I don't believe that I don't believe anything happens at that point either. I think if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen on day two. So I'm with you there. Uh, I think, I think there's going to be a number of, of trades that are going to be taking place in this draft. Um, I just, <laughs> you know, it's interesting when we started the show, I asked uh, Harvey and Joe, like how excited are you for, for the draft? And Joe said, I don't, I only care about the jets. I don't care about anything else. Um, well, you know, obviously I care about the Jets. I care about the Giants, uh, but I just, I, I love draft night. I just, I, I find, I find the whole, I find the whole thing really interesting. Um, and, and, you know, obviously the fact that you can wager and gamble on the draft, uh, I, I think definitely adds to that equation, especially for me. Let's go to Harvey in Florida. Harvey, welcome in. Hey, Anita, how are you? I'm great. Welcome. Um, Anita, I, I disagree with uh, Mike, the expert, on what the Giants should do in the draft. Uh, they gave Daniel Jones $180 million, Anita. you got to protect them. In the first two rounds, one of those picks has got to be an interior offensive lineman, be it a center or a left guard. Absolutely must. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a mistake that they have made in the past, obviously. Uh, not focusing in on the offensive line, but you know they need help in the secondary. Uh, you know they, they have a lot of needs, and they definitely need more help in in providing more weapons for Daniel Jones. So you know we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. I do believe that they will either take a, a wide receiver or a corner 
in uh, in in the first round, and then it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the second. You know, it's 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 hard. It's because it, you just after the first like ten to fifteen picks. I, I mean, just everything is just kind of like it's a wild carpet ride because you just you just don't know. There's teams that fancy certain players that might not be at the top of you know a, a number of analysts or a number of other people's boards, but teams fall in love with certain players, and because of that. You know, there's there's a lot of really good players that drop and fall and land in the lap of certain players. I don't know. Maybe there's a top-notch offensive lineman that does land to the Giants um, in the first round. So, and, and, and where they draft, it will be interesting to see what they do. Maybe they trade back. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, we come back. We'll kick off our number three. Joe Wiz is going to jump on board. And, uh, and with some picks and some plays, a lot going on today in the NBA. You've got Devils and Rangers later on tonight at 8 o'clock. Got some picks there for you as well. XFL in action. This is the final week of the XFL heading into their, uh, their postseason. So a lot going on today. We'll dive into it all with Joe Wiz. By the way, uh, the Nets up 47-40 right now um, in the second. NBA action right here on 98.7 ESPN.